take care of your brokers. And I'm saying that <laughs> selfishly, but don't bite the hand that feeds you. Or don't screw your brokers by going around them. Before we get into today's episode, I want to mention today's best ever partner and give you a free gift. And that partner is Fun That Flip. And they're going to be giving you a free deal analysis spreadsheet. You know who Fun That Flip is, don't you? Because you're a loyal best ever listener. They've been a sponsor on the show. Matt Rodak, the founder of Fun That Flip, has been on the podcast multiple times, giving us his insight on the online lending process. Fun That Flip provides fast, reliable funding for your house flip projects. They're an online platform, makes the application process entirely easy, and they've got a whole bunch of experts on their team who can help you get funding in 24 hours and close within as few as seven days. And all of you best ever listeners, you're getting a free spreadsheet to help you analyze your projects. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. That's fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. And you'll get a free deal analysis tool. It'll help you provide a scope of work for your projects, create the scope of work, analyze the profitability of the project or if it's not profitable you need to know that too and make a determination on the max purchase price super important you can print out all the detailed reports and that will help you get your deals funded faster go to fundnetflip.com forward slash best ever get that free analysis tool fundnetflip.com forward slash best ever best ever listeners welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show i'm joe fairless this is the world's longest running daily real estate podcast we don't get in any fluff we only talk about the best advice that moves your real estate investing business forward with us today we're going to be talking commercial real estate with a commercial real estate broker. How you doing, Stash Gelzinski? I'm great, Joe. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. Nice to have you on the show. I have worked with you in a business capacity before, so I certainly can vouch for your approach and your tenacity when it comes to getting deals done. A little bit about Stash. He is the managing director at Capstone Apartment Partners. He is a certified commercial investment member, otherwise known as CCIM, very prestigious distinction. He specializes in multifamily investment real estate in Dayton, Cincinnati, Columbus, and Kentucky. He's been involved in the syndication and disposition of a whole bunch of apartments, thousands of units worth more than $100 million based in Cincinnati, Ohio. With that being said, Stash, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Yeah. I'm a broker. I specialize in multifamily investment property. Really, our territory is Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana. And we're shooting to go out and get listings on assets that are roughly 50 units and up. Our sweet spot is really 100 to 250, maybe 300 is really where we can perform very well given the market and such. I have a team. I have two other brokers that I work with on a daily basis, Sharif Gouda and Nathan Murphy. And we have an analyst here in our office, Zach Jansen. And I rely on those three pretty heavily to help all of us produce the highest and best results that we can for our clients. Right now, the market is hot and 
you just said that you're focused on going out and getting listings for 50 to 100 units up. What's your approach for going out to get those listings? Honestly, I try and be the hardest working guy in the market. I don't really know any other way to be. We do try and work smart. We do things like letter campaigns. If I see somebody's name who's in one of the markets that we're tracking and working in, if I see that they're mentioned in an article or something great just happened, I'll snip that out and send that to them and say, hey, you know, that's great. Or if they've written an article, I'll be like, hey, I agree. Let's get together and talk about that. A lot of meetings in person, the letters tend to lead to those meetings and just pound on the phones. You want to be top of mind when somebody is considering selling a property and we try and burn up the phones to the best of our ability. I know I've been on the receiving end of some of your messages and I got a message a year and a half or so ago and you emailed me with a link to some news that was happening from an employment standpoint for the area that I was looking in. So I've seen it firsthand where your approach is to add value and just build that relationship. What type of approach is most effective to getting new listings, whether it's the in-person meetings or this trickle of content that you provide people? What's working best? There's an old saying in brokerage and probably in real estate as well, but it's STP, see the property, see the people. For me, the way I see it is the markets I'm working in, I want to know about all the trades that are happening and have an encyclopedic knowledge so that whenever I'm calling somebody like yourself, I can be not just, hey, do you want to buy or sell? Hey, you want to be kind of a resource, like I said, to be top of mind when it's time to either buy or sell. Makes sense. In the introduction, you said you were involved in syndication. What's your role in the syndication process? When I first was getting started, I took a position as a junior to a more senior multifamily guy. And he'd been in the industry for about 10 years, even though he was only a couple of years older than I was. And he found an opportunity, said, hey, I think that there's value here to go out and acquire the park and push it back and closed on it right about the time that the financial crisis happened. So we were able to not lose our shirts, but we weren't able to realize the gains that our investors were promised. You've been involved in the syndication process. I read whenever I was reading your bio. Can you tell us about your involvement there and how that went? Well, when I initially got started in commercial real estate, I took a position as a junior or almost an assistant to a more senior multifamily broker. He was involved in some syndications himself, and we identified a couple of opportunities where we thought that the rents were at a reasonable price and adjust the rents to market level and then push it back out to realize a profit. So that's the plan that we went in under. Unfortunately, our timing was off because this was late 2008, and as you know, it was not the best time to be trying to flip properties. So we were able to get our investors out whole, but without the gains that we had projected for them. What were some takeaways that would be applied for future stuff that you do? Management. We struggled to find a good manager. And I feel as though had we taken a more hands-on approach, we probably would have had a different outcome in those opportunities. So finding the right manager that is the right fit for the opportunity 
is the takeaway there. Will you elaborate on that, finding the right manager that's right for the opportunity? As a broker, I see it all the time that you live and die by your management. And if you don't have a good property manager, you're going to struggle. And that was what we experienced. We relied on somebody who, and we tried to change the problem and we just weren't able to find the right fit for these management intensive assets. How would you go about qualifying the management? What type of questions would you ask? What would you look for in the right manager? You know, I think that going into an investment, you need to have an idea of what you're doing from a principal standpoint, but make sure that aligned with theirs, sure that the compensation structure is appropriate for what you're trying to accomplish. You can go with the least expensive alternative, but that's what you're going to get. You're not going to get the highest service. Basically, you just want to make sure that everybody's compensation and visions are aligned. Let's take a step back. Let's talk a little bit about your background. You're from California originally, right? I actually grew up in New Hampshire. Went to school in upstate New York at St. Lawrence and just knew that I was going to make my fortune in commercial real estate. I went to Boston for a year and then ventured west to find my fortune. And like I mentioned, the timing was not there. And I ended up similar to you, actually, finding an opportunity here in Cincinnati. It brought me here about six years ago. And I came here and I've just been really pleasantly surprised with everything from the first day I got here. So you came to Cincinnati six years ago. You did not have your own brokerage. How do you get to the point where you can stand on your own two feet and have your own brokerage? Good question. I aligned with a national platform that I had been affiliated with when I was in California and found that within that brokerage network office that provided me the basic tools that I needed to get started. From there, though, I had the basics of it and I was working really, really hard, but I wasn't getting the results. So I hired a consultant or a coach, a brokerage coach through the Massimo organization. And really, they helped put me on the right track. Really, it was just some minor tweaks that I had to do to my daily and weekly activities that brought me to a place where I have two partners in brokerage and that we have an analyst. Hmm. Where did you hire the brokerage coach from? It's called the Massimo Group, led by Rod Santamassimo. And what were the tweaks that you had to do daily or weekly? It started out with goal setting, setting daily production goals of conversations, meeting goals, which would then translate into listings, which would then translate into contracts, which would then translate into closings. Things simple as make sure you have a good database program. I was fooling myself by thinking I could do it off of Excel, even though I knew that you can't. If you're going to be prospecting, which is what as a broker, what I spend the majority of my time on, you have to have a program that will support your efforts and function in a way that allows you to thrive and keep good notes. I mean, I'm talking to hundreds of people a week sometimes, and there's no way I can keep all that straight just in my mind. So we rely on a good CRM system. What database program do you use? We have two. Our team locally uses RealHound, and then throughout Capstone, we have property base. And we've backfed that data into those 
CRMs through county auditors. We've subscribed to other data services to find phone numbers, email addresses, things like LinkedIn have been helpful. That's kind of how we built it. If I was a junior commercial real estate agent and I joined your team, right, fresh out of school, and it was the first week or so, assuming that I got all like the HR stuff, administrative stuff done, what would you have me focus on? What would your advice be to me? I guess we would work with you internally to develop a plan and a territory. And from there, it would go to get out there and start off by driving the territory. Get a feel for what, in our case, multifamily looks like. And then start looking at the trades and start identifying the players in the market. And I went about that initially. I was pitch and rent surveys. I built the database initially through asking for information on rents and occupancy and what amenities were provided. And in exchange for that, I would provide them a free copy of it. If I was on my own again, starting out cold, brand new, I'd probably do something similar. Because then you build credibility and you're able to parlay that into listings eventually. What you want to be doing though, really is If you're brand new to the market and trying to build a brokerage practice, you want to be meeting as many of these principals and property owners as possible. I'd say probably five a week, ideally. You want to have five meetings a week. Those can be what we call food and drink opportunities, coffees, lunches, breakfasts, or just, hey, here's the rent survey. Why don't I come and meet you in person and we can talk about what you're looking for. Though we position ourselves as listing brokers, You don't really want to ask for the sale on the first meeting because chances are they have relationships with your competitors, other brokers in the market, that if you're going to earn their business, you've got to earn it away. You literally have to earn it. Do you all still do rent surveys? We do, but not as labor intensive as I initially started with. We subscribe to a couple of different services that we can pull those. They do that hard work for me, but yeah. Is there something to be said for having someone who's just starting out actually make those calls and manually do a rent survey because they would learn a lot more than a push of a button? Oh, definitely. You get a feel for how to handle gatekeepers. These people who are hired to say no. That's their job, essentially, is to keep you from getting to the person that you need to talk to. There is a lot to be said to just pounding the phones or stacking up as many meetings as you can. Ideally, both, truly. All right, Stash, based on your experience, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? Take care of the people that have taken care of you. So take care of your brokers, and I'm saying that (laughs) selfishly, but don't bite the hand that feeds you. Don't screw your brokers by going around them They've provided a service to you. They need to get paid for that. Same thing goes for your managers. If you're trying to scale up a large or even any business, if you're trying to have a hands-off cash-flowing investment, take care of that manager. And I promise take care of you. You ready for the best ever lightning round? 
Sure. All right, let's do it. First, though, a quick word from our best ever partners. Remember to get your free deal analysis tool for your flips at fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. That's F-U-N-D-T-H-A-T-F-L-I-P.com forward slash best ever. It will detail your scope of work, help you analyze if the project's profitable, and make a determination on the max purchase price. Fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Are you looking to break into large multifamily portfolios? Structuring deals is a key factor. With 42 years in the real estate business and a specialty in large multifamily portfolios, Melvin M. Kaplan Realty has many of your questions answered. If you need advice with your large deals, you can reach Melvin at 847-226-5081. That's 847-226-5081. Stash, what's the best ever book you've read? I'm going to go back to an original, one of the basics, and that's Think and Grow Rich. What's the best ever personal growth experience and what'd you learn from it? I'd say getting married and learning to compromise and that I am no longer the center of the universe. (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting used to that myself. Even though I'm not married yet, I'm engaged, but I'm I'm very understanding that. (laughs) (laughs) What's the best ever deal you've done? I really like the Salem Woods deal that we did, 238 units in Trotwood. And I like that deal for a number of reasons. Um, First of all, it came to us through, I'd been calling on this guy for years. And this is a deal we closed this year, closed, I think, in August. And we had been calling on him for a while. And yeah, you know, the time's just not right. And then what we did is we did what we call an e-com, where we send out some market information and say, hey, you know, this property just sold near you, thought you would like to know. He called into us based on that e-comp. We were competing against a large national commercial real estate firm. We beat them to get the listing based on our pricing and our tenacity. And then we took it through our unpriced offering process by which we took it out to market, published the income and expenses, but we didn't have a price. We had tour dates where we had multiple groups coming through. I think we had probably six or eight tour dates. And one of the reasons that I like it so much is because the party that ended up getting it in the end could have had it earlier in the process if they had just accepted the seller's original counter. But instead they said, oh, no, no, I can't do that. And they ended up paying a little bit more than what they would have. And to the seller's benefit, to our benefit as brokers, but I think that the buyers, I know that they're going to do well with it and that, that they are doing well with it since the acquisition. So everyone wins. The buyers missed out a little bit on an opportunity, but they ended up getting it in the end. Had you not marketed it and then the buyer who ended up buying it was originally approached and then you went to market and then they ended up winning it through the bidding process? No, so I'm a big fan of this guy, but he called me from like the first day that we announced the listing and he was like, I'm going to buy this. I'm going to buy this. And he was about 10% off where it ended up actually closing when he first contacted me. He's like, oh, I can only pay this much for it. And I was like, all right, well, that's great. I appreciate you calling, but you know, we're going to have to be a little bit higher than that. 
and he just kept chasing it. He kept submitting offers, and we just got to a point in the marketing period because it's a pretty short marketing time frame. But we do a good job at blanketing the market and exposing it. And because he was so persistent, we did encourage the sellers to counter his offer. And they did, and he said, "Oh no, no!" And we were only almost an eight million dollar deal, and we were a hundred thousand apart. And he he wouldn't bridge that gap. Well, lo and behold, he he ended up paying a little bit more for it. But again, I think he's going to do well with it. What's the best ever way you like to give back? Going back to being married, I let my wife run that aspect of our lives, and she is very involved with a couple of charities here locally in Cincinnati. One of them is Ohio Valley Voices, which is a school that helps children who were born deaf learn how to speak once they've had cochlear implants placed on their heads. So it's amazing. You see these little kids who. If they take the hearing aid off, essentially, they can't hear anything. And they put it on, they're just like normal, talkative four-year-olds. It's truly great. She is very active in that, and I support her in all of her endeavors on that. What's the biggest mistake you've made in business? I think being over-excited and over-anxious a deal or an opportunity. Going back to my initial hurdles or challenges with the syndication. And I was blind to everything because I was brand new. But in retrospect, we were kind of blind to the market in general because we were so focused on this is a great opportunity. We failed to pick up our heads and look around and see what was actually happening. And what's the best place the best ever listeners can reach you? Through our website, which is capstoneapts.com or my email address, which is stash, S-T-A-S-H, at capstone, A-P-T-S, or on my phone, I'll always pick it up or call you back, and that's 513-417-5588. A great advice for brokers who are just starting out or in the business and looking to scale their business and company. And then also for real estate investors who are focused in apartments or just in general with the goal setting, how you hired a coach, made some minor tweaks, and those minor tweaks had large results for what you focused on and the way you approached your day. And then the value exchange that you did initially with the rent surveys, and we're doing that by hand. Now you have it. Now it's more automated, but still the approach is the same. And then I'm glad you went through that 238 unit deal where the buyer ended up getting it, but perhaps not at the exact price that they could have got it for before. So thanks a lot for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day. And I know I will be talking to you soon. Great. Joe, thank you so much for having me. Are you looking to break into large multifamily portfolios? Structuring deals is a key factor With 42 years in the real estate business and a specialty in large multifamily portfolios, Melvin M. Kaplan Realty has many of your questions answered. If you need advice with your large deals, you can reach Melvin at 847-226-5081. That's 847-226-5081.